I'm wandering into wellness, everybody. Hello. Nice to see you again. Finn and Lydia here as usual. And today we are very excited to be joined by Joe Woodhurst, in-house nutritionist to Ancient of Brain. Hi. <laughs> thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm kind of enjoying the heat a little bit, actually. It's quite nice to have this uh, summer. Once you're well set up for it, it all works out, doesn't it? Once you're doing the hydrating thing, once you're not silly about your sun exposure, you know, yeah, sun is beautiful. And once you know as well that it's a season, once it's not like you're not in Arizona, you're not kind of like, when's the rain going to come? Like, the rain's going to come. It's yeah. Ireland, it's England, we'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, other than the weather, we are here today <laughs> to talk about collagen, right? And me and you did a little uh, Instagram live a while back where we talked a little bit into collagen, but we kind of kept it more on the surface, knowing that we would do this deeper dive into that later on. Mm -hmm. And so we're really excited to have you on. Both of us are kind of nerdy big fans. We both take collagen all the time. Um, but I guess for us, the questions that we get a lot are things like, well, why do we really need collagen? Like, What's changed in our diet now that means that collagen isn't there in the way that it used to be? Yeah, I mean, so it's really important to understand that collagen is so important to our body, first of all. So it is one of the most abundant proteins in the body. It's found everywhere. It's what keeps our, gives our body structure. Um, so we eat a lot differently to how we used to do in the past and how our ancestors used to eat. They used to eat a lot of nose to tail eating um, most of the time. And at the moment, if you eat meat, which not everybody does now, if you eat meat, you tend to, most people tend to eat more, more muscle meat. Um, and collagen is actually found in those kind of fattier cuts of meat. So meat on the bone or in the skin. And that tends to be discarded or not even thought about in a lot of people's diets. So you've already got that first kind of level of people not eating enough collagen. Then there's another level of, all the other things that support collagen production, like vitamin C, are people eating enough plants and vitamin C to be able to support that collagen production and use those amino acids. And then, like I mentioned, not everybody does eat meat anymore. So we have a massive rise now in vegan diets and plant-based diets. And if not well-managed, if not well-balanced, they might not be getting the right amino acids to be making the collagen as well. And then on top of that, we also have our modern living where, you know, I spoke about, I, I'm loving having a bit of sun at the moment, but sun exposure can degrade our collagen in our skin and within our body, smoking, habits like that, being around pollution, all of these things, as well as just general aging, decrease your collagen and the quality of collagen in your body. So it's kind of several factors all working at the same time, meaning well, you know, how are we going to support collagen levels in the body? And that's where supplementation tends to come in. So, okay, so we have like big subsets of the population that are maybe not getting enough in their diet anyway, but collagen, your body does make collagen peptides from, from other things, right? From other amino acids or from, like it, it, can, it can build most collagens up. So like who I suppose would be the real, who really needs collagen as a supplement, would you say? Like where, like I know we talk about healthy aging, is that the major kind of thing? Or where, where do you guys in Ancient Brave really see the kind of like the main bracket of people that you guys can help with collagen? So, okay, so most people will need some collagen at some point. Um, our body, it's used throughout the body. And like you said, protein made up of amino acids and collagen is type of protein those amino acids then um create 
new collagen structures within the body. So you can, yes, your body can make collagen itself, but it's better with a collagen supplement because the ratios of amino acids that you find in collagen supplements are so specific to creating collagen, it just makes it easier for the body to do. Mm. So who benefits most? I mean, the aging population, because from the age of 20 onwards, your um, process of collagen starts to slow down. So you're not creating as much collagen. Then by the age of 40 onwards, especially in women as well, because we have a bit of a link with our estrogen levels and collagen, we tend to find that the body isn't creating enough collagen for what it needs anymore. And on top of that, the quality of the collagen that's in the body when you age as well is it's not as good, it's quite poor. So you've got a poor quality collagen and less is being made. So people who are aging, which is most people uh, tend to need a bit of collagen, but then you've got other people as well. So postnatally, you might be um, changing size again. So your body's having to repair. That's a really good time to have some collagen in there as well. People who have um, sort of, they are needing to repair or they've been a bit ill. Those kind of things are really important and collagen is a really good thing to put in there. People who are looking at gut healing because there's lots of amino acids that support gutty, gut healing and collagen. So it kind of does hit a lot of different health goals in different ways. It's one of those supplements, unlike, say, a specific vitamin or mineral, which most people are going to benefit from for some reason. Yeah, you spoke about um, the relationship between estrogen and collagen um, mm. and the bone bone density, I think, is a big factor, right? So does mm. collagen actually contribute to bone density or bones? Because I know collagen is mostly kind of the ends of the bones where you're growing new bone. Isn't that right? Yeah, so I think a lot of people forget that bones are living tissues. You know, most people see them as these kind of fossils that we see in museums and we're kind of these walking empty fossils, but it's not true that they're a living tissue and collagen makes up about 6% of bone. So when you start to see collagen degrade in the body, then part of that is through through your bone as well, making it brittle um, and, and less healthy. So yeah, collagen is a really, really big part of bone health and improving your bone health as well. And, and that's where a lot of the studies have been shown to, to support um, um, collagen growth within that area as well. So there are studies linking bone density and collagen consumption. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah there are. Yeah. A lot of studies within collagen are still in their infancy. So I think we're going to see a real boom in them in the next sort of 10, 10 or so years. We're going to really see how much it can support so at the moment we're seeing small studies we're seeing we are seeing human studies so that's really exciting um but they are still um there's not a, a whole sort of range of huge ones yet but they're they're coming yeah one sorry sorry <laughs> this is so nutrition you're like nerd 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 um so one of the studies that i read i think 2016 study was around athletes using it for repair and they did muscle biopsies and showed that when I think it was 16 grams of collagen was taken 30 minutes or 45 minutes before that specific training of that specific limb where the damage had occurred they found that that increased blood supply was actually bringing collagen peptides to that site right so yeah 16 grams is a lot of collagen so and that, that's one of the things with study references like when we talk like because I read studies a fair bit I mean I, I don't know how much of them I understand but I certainly understand the doses that, that they're using which are far mm -hmm. higher than what we're usually consuming so can you speak to us about how much people could be using or should be using or are going to see a benefit from like is it the case that somebody with thinning bones just takes the daily serving for the rest of their life 
Do they cycle on and off it? Do they go through peak or loading those mm. things? I'm always interested in like, something I talk to our customers about a lot. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think using it at a time when you really need it is, is going to be beneficial. I see the most benefit, though, from just using it consistently, giving that body some consistent top up all the time is going to be really helpful because essentially they are amino acids that are going to get broken down and then then used where the body's need where the body needs it the most. So collagen that you take doesn't directly go as that collagen to that place in the body. It's going to be broken down and used elsewhere. So you do want to be keeping that in mind. So you're topping up your amino acid stores um, and trusting the body to be able to use it where it where it's going to be utilized the most as well. So I do think under times of you know when your body's under stress or like I mentioned postnatally, things like that, it is good to kind of up your dose a little bit. But there's nothing to say that huge amounts of collagen has more benefit. Okay. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting just listening to you talk there because I'm not, I don't know as much about nutrition as either of you guys do. I just know little bits from learning along the way. Um, but I certainly found that when we were talking a lot about protein powder and working with a protein powder brand for a while, it was really interesting to hear that people had this notion about protein, which was like, it's just for people who go mm. to the gym and they want to bulk up and it's kind of for men. And we were constantly educating people and going, no, 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 it's like all growth, all repair, all mm. healing comes from mm. this. And it's really good for people who are elderly. It's really like people would often have that misconception. It's just people going to the gym, taking their smoothie shake, and that's the only people who need it, as opposed to like pregnant women, <laughs> women in postnatal periods. And it seems like with collagen, almost the inverse is happening where people are like, most women know about collagen now because they're like put the collagen mm. stuff on the skin take it in because we want to look after our skin and there's this kind of like general it, not in the kind of maybe nutrition circles but general population thing that like collagen is for women it's so a women's thing. Skin. i know it's and actually listen to you talk it's like there's actually so much similarity uh. between the two so it's almost like both of those things need to get re-educated but also a question i have on top of that is then is it beneficial? Like if you're taking protein, do you need to take collagen? Mm. Or, and if you take them together, does that maximize the benefits mm. or how does that work? Yeah, yeah. So like you said, protein is, I think, I think personally it's one of the most underrated of the macronutrients because unless you're working out a lot or unless you're really into health and wellness, a lot of people I see personally in clinic aren't getting enough, mm. absolutely not getting enough. And not because they're trying to build muscle or not because they're trying to work on um, how they look. It's because it's not meeting their neurotransmitters, they're not able to think properly, it's affecting their mood. It's all of the things that protein doesn't often get talked about that people are missing it for. So yeah, I think a protein powder is a really great thing to have um, in your cupboard and, and to use not just for um, muscle building or, or however it's kind of um, marketed to be used. But on top of that, collagen, like I mentioned, it has a specific ratio of amino acids. So specifically, the top three, glycine, proline, hydroxyproline, are in really quite large amounts, which you don't get in a protein powder. And that's really significant because that's what the body's going to be able to use to create new collagen. So 
you're, it's all about the ratios. That's what you've got to be thinking about. Amino acids are really, really interesting and diving into what different amino acids do in the body is super, super interesting. But ultimately, it's how these amino acids work together in synergy to then create new structures or repair or do whatever they need to do in the body. So yeah, I think personally, it's great to have both of them. And, and that's something that I do personally. I, you know, I, I love a bit of movement and exercise, but I wouldn't say that I'm a massive gym bunny or anything like that and I have protein powder regularly I have my collagen every day and yeah I really really notice benefits yeah good idea probably to mix them or to spread them out from one meal to another in terms of amino acid receptors and stuff isn't it though yeah oh yeah I think that's a really good idea yeah definitely yeah because we have a limited amount of uptake so that's why they say like anything over 30 grams of protein or something like that in a meal most people aren't really going to get much from it so when you're seeing even protein shakes with bumping amounts more than that, even protein bars sometimes these days with more than that, which is insane. Um, yeah, the amount that your body's actually get, there's a rate limiting effect there. Your body can't take up more than that. So it's spreading amount. And I think it's worth kind of talking a little bit, of, like just to highlight what you just said there about most people not getting enough protein. We did um, uh, analytic. What's I wasn't called? sure if you were going to talk about this. Yeah, Great. What's it called? Um, uh, we did the analysis. Uh, nutritics. Yeah, nutritics analysis. Into the nutritics analysis. Oh, yeah. My diet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am a meat eater. I've never been a vegetarian mm. and I don't eat like crazy amounts of meat, but I eat what I would consider to be too much. Like I would always be thinking to myself, like I just want to limit that a little bit. And my, my protein intake is probably too high. I also take protein powder as well. So I was thinking my protein. <laughs> um, and it wasn't, it was like low. And I, I was amazed at that. And I think also, you know, so, so our concept of how much protein we're actually getting from the meals that we're eating is probably really skewed in our heads. And it's also, as far as I understand it, a little bit to do with like the quality of the protein source that we have now. So it's not the same as like looking at our parents' generation and going, yeah, well, you eat your meat from your cow that was in your garden and la la la. It's like, how is our digestion? How is that being affected globally by our environment? How much are we actually absorbing? And then how much is actually bioavailable in the foods that we're eating as well, right? Totally, totally. And think about what a lot of the proteins are packaged with as well. We often, you know, with a lot of plant proteins, we'll go, okay, I've had my lentils, but what else is packaged within that lentils? There's other macronutrients in there. There's other vitamins and minerals in there. So it's just... It, I think people ticking off protein sources in their head as they go through the day, they go, oh, I've ticked off my protein for the day. How much is actually there? And like you said, absorption is huge. As we age, that becomes a huge issue, absorbing protein, because our stomach acid lowers, our enzymes lower that help to break down the protein. So how much are you actually taking on board? It's, it's really big, which is where things like collagen and, and protein powders, which have the, the peptides, which make it really easy for you to, to absorb and digest is really kind of important and key there as well. Yeah. And stress as well, right? Because you just mentioned that there a little bit, like so many of us have chronic stress issues, especially after the last couple of years and stress affects our skin. You know that when we were talking mm. about that, when we were chatting earlier and that shows up often as, you know, lowered collagen levels, lowered um, elastin production, how our skin looks, but it's also about like, our production of that stuff mm. as well so the stress is affecting it on both of those levels yeah. and having adequate amount of those things can help us with those problems as well right so even if we're getting it we're probably having 
degradation of those things by the amount of stress that we have in our lives sort of generally yeah it's just part of the big picture isn't it really you've got to take it as as that it's it's part of the puzzle that you're having to put together so there's other things that you have to do to be able to support your health it's not going to be there's no such thing as as a silver bullet or the magic pill that's going to make everything magically better it's about creating a lifestyle or something that you can follow that has all these extra little bits in that's going to make life a bit easier for you to be living healthily for as long as possible. One of the things that I love about um, about collagen is that because it, it actually has effects in combating stress, right? In terms of like, the, is it the glycine uh, content or whatever? So yeah. like, could you speak to us a little bit about that neurotransmitter and the sleep thing and all that relationship? Yeah, sure. So again, the studies about mood health and collagen are, are within their infancy, they're, they're quite small but they're promising what we're seeing so far. So that is because of the amino acid glycine, which is in quite high amounts in collagen. So um, about one serving of collagen, I think it it creates about two or three uh, grams of glycine is a really nice inhibitory neurotransmitter. So it kind of calms us, it relaxes us, it gets us ready for, for sleep basically. So it's been seen to improve sleep um, when you take it just before bed. Yeah. Yeah. So particularly when people are like so focused on like alertness things when like caffeine is such a big thing, blue light, phones, all those things that are like dopaminergic things, things mm-hmm. that are like just similar, which is going right up until like, oh, it's a quarter past 10 and then I'm going to bed and it's 20 past 10. You're like, uh, hang on. And your body just has to go sudden shift. We'll be gone. <laughs> yeah yes it's really like it's one of the ways that we talk about it a lot and where we use it as well putting uh collagen powder into warm milk with cocoa Mm -hmm. you have that that lovely blend you have with the cocoa ashwagandha collagen thing which i think is lovely for that that support as well right yeah that's one of my favorite blends that we have the cacao and collagen because although it just says cacao and collagen on in the name it has so much more in there so it has the ashwagandha which is a beautiful adaptogen really helps us with stress resilience helps just to balance us and then obviously you've got the collagen in there with the glycine so that's really going to help you to relax and sleep and then cacao as well it's just so beneficial with all the magnesium in there again which is a real relaxing um, mineral so it's a great one for the evening I love it I think it's delicious and what is the aid because I know with protein powder protein powder is also really useful for kids and it can be really helpful because they're in this massive period of growth is collagen also good for kids or is there a certain age at which is it just 20 when it starts to tail off or what's the age that you think it should be yeah I mean we'd always have collagen within our diets um no matter what age we were going to we are so ancestrally it was always going to be there in terms of supplementing it you know it's probably it's not going to do any harm there's no studies to say that it's going to be really really beneficial either but thinking sort of what the process would be I would tend to put it in after the age of 20 just to make sure that you know it's nice and safe and you're getting the right amounts I think you could probably have a little bit here and there in your younger years again depending what's going on for you if you've got some wound healing that needs to happen or you suddenly go through a massive growth spurt of something you might want to add a little bit more and have it more cyclical I was um I was sharing a post yesterday by I think it's called Nourish the Littles on Instagram. Uh, she was making bone broth uh, ice pops, ice lollies for her kids, which is like oh, wow. there's so many smart ways. If you do want to use those types of things for kids, uh, bone broth obviously being a, a source of collagen as well as lots of other things. Um, but but it's a really you know this the lovely thing actually one of the lovely things I find about collagen is the the amount of things you can integrate it into. Like it's it's flavorless. 
it just dissolves it just makes things kind of creamier and better and yeah. it, it's like one of the most magic ingredients to kind of you can because you can cook with it you can do all sorts of things right yeah it's great and i think one of the um misconceptions with collagen is that it's not going to survive heat but actually when they've tested it it survives heat up to 300 degrees so you know that's more than you're going to find in a kitchen basically yeah, um so yeah you can <laughs> <laughs> no, just sprinkle on top of my pizza <laughs> that's amazing so how, so sorry how, how do you use it yourself how, what's your favorite way we talked about it a lot but we, i'm interested to see like because you're obviously embalmed almost amongst college and things behind you there <laughs> <laughs> just picking cheese every day um so i think i mean with any supplementation you're going to see the best results when you take it consistently so it's about people making it fit into their lifestyle so doing something that you already do every day and for me it's my morning coffee i've got a very small child <laughs> i never forget my morning coffee so i take it every day um with, with my coffee and it, with a, usually a bit of mct oil i quite like medicinal mushrooms so i take some lion's mane or chaga at the same time mix it all together and it's delicious lovely coffee and like you say it completely dissolves so if for some reason, I don't know why, why I would forget my coffee. I would probably take it with me um, out and about. I've got sachets as well, so it makes it really easy to use. Nice. And what's your what's your personal history with collagen? Like, how did you get involved with Ancient and Brave, and how did you become like such a super fan of collagen specifically? <laughs> super fan, yeah, I am a bit. Um, so collagen, I've had quite a long history with collagen actually. I um, discovered it uh, a while back, years ago, and kind of stumbled across it in my nutritional kind of studies and, and um, looking at other brands and supplements, things like that. I thought, you know, I'll give this a go. It sounds like something that I'd like to take or, or take. And I wasn't able to find something that I thought was really amazing. Um, I found one brand, and I'm not going to name any other brands here, but I found one brand and I thought this will do, but it did have a fishy smell and a fishy taste. It just did. And I, as a nutritionist, will taste a lot of bad things and just eat it or drink it anyway. I just, you know, it's fine. My green smoothies are pretty gross to the taste of most people, but I know it's good for me, so I'll take it. And I was taking that for a while. Um, I was trying to get a few of my clients on it as well because it was really going to help some of their health goals. A lot of them would buy it, but they weren't going to sort of keep buying it because it just mm. it just wasn't meeting that taste. Compliance, damn it! Yeah, compliance. Yeah, right. And then I I discovered Ancient and Brave, and um, when they first started out, actually, just because of as a brand, I just loved them. I just thought, wow, what a, a great brand to be able to marry together sustainability ancestral health and really potent great ingredients amazing and then when I tried their collagen I was just sold I was totally sold because it was tasteless it was odorless it was easy to use it was easy to get clients on as well it looks great which you know shouldn't be at the top of the list in terms of supplements at all but it really does help in terms of putting it into your kitchen making it look nice in shot you know it's it's lovely and then, um, so we've been in touch a little bit and um, I said, you know, what a great fan I was of them. And um, we just ended up chatting um, a bit more in depth and they reached out and said, you know, we'd love to chat a bit further. And here I am working as their in-house nutritionist. And yeah, it's a joy, really. So can you talk to us a little bit about like 
where that collagen is coming from with ancient breaks. So I think it's good for people to understand what 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 the actual collagen is, where the whole process like it's yeah good. yeah. So we we have two main animal um, derived collagens. So we have our marine collagen, which is called our wild collagen. So that's our newest product that we have, and we have our bovine one, which is true collagen. So true collagen is sourced within the EU. It's sustainably sourced from grass-fed cows, which is really, really important. And we use the hide of the cows. And again, that's important too, because it's regenerated um, so it's a better source of collagen. It's a cleaner source of collagen. And for our marine collagen, our wild collagen, it's um, from the North Atlantic, it's from wild caught fish. And as far as I know, we're the only supplement company that do wild caught collagen. And that's really important as well because the diets of wild caught fish are different for their farmed fish. And that's going to affect the quality of the skin that we use. Both products are sustainable because what where we're getting the collagen from would normally be thrown away. So we're able to tick that sustainability box as well. So we're using a waste product really in a really amazing way. Um, so yeah, I think that that's both of the, the different types of collagen we have. Hands up the back, hands up the back. <laughs> Oh um, I, for example, can't have uh, the, the fish collagen because I can't eat any fish or shellfishy things. Right. But for a general person who can mm. eat fish and also meat, why would you choose one over the other? Which would be more suitable for different people? Yeah, that's a really good question. It's one we get asked a lot, actually. So usually, this is not talking about ancient brain, usually a bovine collagen will have type 1 and type 3 collagen and marine will have only type 1. In both of our products, we've only used type 1 collagen. And the reason being is it's the most abundant collagen in the body. So it's going to be better used and utilised within the body as well. So in terms of benefits, there's not an awful lot of difference. It's mainly meeting you where you're at in your kind of personal preference. And that's something that Ancient and Brave are really keen to do. We're not going to prescribe, you know, what diet you should be on or, or what you should be having to do. We want to meet you where you're at and make sure that we've got the right product for you to use. And that's really why we've got the two different ones. So in terms of benefits, where it's going to hit you in, you know, in skin health, joint health, bone health, all of those things, they're both very similar. I think statistically marine collagen has been seen more in skin um, uh, studies, so skin benefit studies, um, because it's a slightly smaller molecule, but I think the difference is really, really small. Mm, interesting. Okay. Yeah. There's a, <clears throat> there's a lot of marketing language that gets used around collagen. I like, it's, it's quite frustrating for us because when I was first introduced to collagen, when I first came across it, I don't know, 12 more years ago maybe and they weren't great sources like you say and they didn't mm -hmm. taste great mm -hmm. and at that point we were told that type that that bovine collagen was the source for type 2 collagen and the type 2 collagen is one you find in your cartilage and in your eyes mm -hmm. and that, that was the one you take if you wanted to look at joint stuff and that like you say fish or like marine collagen was type 1 collagen and type 3 and and that was specifically for skin but all of it seems to be like very granular now and like we have a lot of like marketing brochures coming through the doors that are like trying to like devise like too well too much division i would say between one like just to say just to get people to use them for a specific purpose whether it's through iconography right, or whether it's yeah. through natural language and like what you say i think I, I like that because i think it's a general like just you need to hazy division a little bit enjoy it as part of a broad spectrum diet if you can eat fish and meat then have one one month and have one the next and that's i think that's really smart i think that's a nice way to look at it yeah, yeah. and what about um 
vegans. Yeah, problems. <laughs> so there are lots of people who are vegan, right? Yeah. And so no cows, no fish. What no are they going to do? <laughs> Yeah, technically, technically speaking, plants don't create collagen, so we don't have a vegan collagen. But the vegan collagen that we create at Ancient and Brave is based around the amino acids that you would find in collagen. So we've given you amino acids um, that your body can use, a vegan version of those amino acids that your body can use. And we've also packaged ours um, in our three different um, blends with specific nutrients that you tend to find lacking in a vegan diet, things like choline, iodine, um, to really make sure that you're getting all the things that you need um, whilst you're on a vegan diet, as well as getting those amino acids that are specific to collagen as well. So yeah, technically there's not a vegan collagen, but you can kind of create one using the um, amino acids. And are there studies that show vegans having more depletion of collagen in later life? Because I really haven't seen them. I'm really interested to see what's going on in later life with vegans. Is it the case that veganism is just too new? I know there's vegan population studies, mm. but I don't, I, I've never seen them in relationship specifically to collagen or bone density or that sort of stuff. Have you? No, do you know what? I haven't either, actually. That would be really interesting. That doesn't mean to say they're not out there. They might, may well be out there, but that's not something I have seen um clinically in in my own clinic it's something that i've seen a lot <laughs> um yeah. and something that I, I i can say anecdotally is it's definitely there but yeah i don't have the studies to back that up uh, interesting okay so were you saying just to clarify that are you saying that it's extra important for people yes. who are on a vegan diet to supplement with collagen or collagen like the collagen specific amino acids so yeah yeah, yeah definitely because a lot of the plants as well that you get they just don't have that huge ratio of, of glycine proline hydroxychloroline it's just not there so you, you're going to have to get it from somewhere um, and without that we're going to end up with a lot of de degradation of collagen across the body not just in our skin you won't just see it in your skin um, and wrinkles You'll see it in your joints. You won't be able to bounce back from injury as well. It, it's, it's sort of systemic. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. And and so and, and collagen goes specifically to your to where it's needed most, right? So one of the things I think that we talk about, particularly because, like you say, from a female marketing point of view, unfortunately, they become this become like this obsessive, compulsive, almost disordered approach to collagen for skin health. But it's going to go to your bones if your bones need it more. It's going to go for your digestive system if your because your your body treats your skin as kind of non-essential tissue. Well, certainly not the first port of call, anyway, right? Yeah. So yeah, if you need it somewhere else in your body that is essential to life, it's going to be better for your survival. It's going to go there first, which again comes back to why it's really important to making sure you're getting enough protein. Because if your amino acids pool is is good, you're going to be able to use that across the body, and the collagen is more likely to go somewhere like your skin. Um, so yeah, I think it it's dependent on what your what's happening for you personally in your health as to where the collagen is going to go. That doesn't mean to say that it's not worth taking though, because over time, as you build up this collagen, um, the collagen stores and you start to reproduce more, it's gonna be easier for your body to put it where you actually want it to go, so yeah. That makes sense, build up to a surplus. On that topic, and this is an opinion piece, I'm not expecting you to have like the end, the last word on this, but I'd be really interested to hear what you think of as collagen in a transdermal screen cream situation what do you think of that like is there is that a lot of hype 
Yeah, so collagen is really big molecule. It's really big. So even in terms of digestion, that's why we've had to break it down into these hydrolyzed peptides, really, really tiny peptides that our body can absorb. Think about your skin and what your skin absorbs. Collagen is going to be too big, really. So unless unless you have a wound or something, which I'm not saying that you should buy a collagen cream for a wound, but we've seen in um, the medical um, world that they use collagen and surgeons use collagen to, to promote wound healing. Mm. So in that respect, yes, I do think that, that it does work there. But in terms of sort of a cream, I would doubt that it's going to be as effective as taking it um, internally. Good to yeah. hear that. Somebody who agrees that's, with us on that front. That's always my, that's <laughs> always my history. Yeah. And I think that's why when we talked about this when we talked on um, on Instagram is like, you know, that skin health, it just has to come from within. Mm-hmm. This obsession we have with exercising our body and forgetting about exercising our face and thinking that we just put stuff on our face, but we exercise our body. It's just so bizarre for me, obviously working in face yoga. That's like a, a big thing for me, but it's, it has to come from inside. And I'm always saying that to my clients doesn't matter how many expensive creams you buy and put on your face if your diet isn't good if you don't have that foundational thing and you don't have good wellness practices that are supporting your stress levels and making sure that you're breathing correctly and your diet is working for you not against you and you're actually absorbing those things and you're getting good sleep your skin is never going to glow no matter how much and I would love it to be the case that you did face yoga every day and your skin's always really glowy even though you drunk coke and all day long but it's just not the case you just have to have those foundational things and it seems like that's what you're saying as well is ultimately the message is like little and often like with all of our wellness practices is better than just like boosting a load of collagen in at the end of summer and so coke cigarettes and collagen cream is not the formula for a long life i mean what have we been doing all these years something different (laughs) i personally personally feel as i approach my 40th year (laughs) yeah yeah, i don't know yeah it's interesting so kind of little and often topping it up Mm -hmm. within the vehicle or the container of all these other wellness practices is the best way to take your culture totally and i think you know part of the problem for a lot of people is that wellness has become so overcomplicated. so when you go online when you go on social media you've got a tick list of things to do every day you've got to do this that the other the you know pretty much all the things that you you mentioned there is part of this big picture and that can be so overwhelming for somebody who is new to wellness or doesn't know where to start so the point of things like our collagen products is to make life really easy, really simple. You have a scoop in the morning. That's it. But to do anything else, it mixes into drinks that you already drink. It's so, so simple. So it's not like you're having another thing that you have to add, another thing to put to your, on your tick list. It's going to be super simple and it's going to benefit you. So, you know, I think it's all about stripping everything back what's going to make you as healthy as possible but make you not overwhelmed or feeling like you're getting everything wrong or going too extreme in one direction i had a message today from somebody who reached out on instagram and said you know i just don't know where to begin i'm so overwhelmed there's too much information out there and she she was actually asking for me to give a week's worth of uh, like do a video or something on a week's worth of what i eat and I said, well, I don't do what I eat in a day because what I need is completely different to what you need. So I'm never ever going to do that. But what you need to do is just keep it really simple and stop trying to be perfect on Monday. And then by Friday, you've completely lost it. And you think, 
yeah. and you don't do it anymore so you know then binging over the weekend and that 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 kind of cyclical cycle keeps happening so it's all about stripping it back making it simple and putting habits in there that you can do every day that isn't going to be overwhelming or add more pressure to our already really full lives yeah, yeah and I think it's a rich it's ritual isn't it it's like finding simple rituals that they're not another thing you're adding on but there's something that's actually elevating your daily life and I think ancient and brave do that so beautifully with their branding and with mm. their literature and stuff is that you're connecting into this ancient lineage there's this understanding already of that kind of ancestral healing that we've always had ritual around us and that we've kind of lost ritual really and ceremony in our kind of modern lives and wellness has become like a gym practice as opposed to like these beautiful moments of pause in our day mm. and I think yeah it'd be nice I wonder would you share maybe like your three little rituals that you do in the day or three lovely moments of pause that you bring into your day yeah yeah do you know what that it's so it's so key and rituals are something we're big on here at Ancient Brave and something that I connected with instantly when um, we started talking about working together because um, I agree with you, it's all about rituals and finding those micro doses of calm in your day. So I already mentioned one, which is my morning coffee. Um, and I do, I make it a ritual. So I get up before my, my daughter does. <laughs> so I've got some quiet in the house and I um, put my coffee on to brew. And while it's brewing, I have a 10 minute meditation. So that's locked in um, meditation that can pretty much say changed my life. I couldn't rate it any higher. I think it's so important, super important to my day anyway. Um, so yeah, I make sure I've got my meditation done. By the time my coffee's finished brewing, then I can kind of make it and drink it in this sort of kind of calm moment in the day before the madness begins and my child waits. <laughs> um, and then I'd say another point in the day is I'm originally from Yorkshire. So, you know, you can take the girl out of Yorkshire, but having a <laughs> tea is still really high on my list. And I don't drink black tea anymore, um, although I, you know, occasionally do when I go back home. But I do have a herbal tea every day. And again, I really make myself do this. And, and it's really important because I think we're rushing from place to place all the time. We'll switch on the kettle and while the kettle's boiling, we might empty the dishwasher or, you know, we'll go and finish that email. But instead, while the kettle's boiling, I stand next to the kettle. So, you know, I know I'm taking my time and that's when I practice some deep breathing. So that's always, always there. Always got my cup of herbal tea. Practice a bit of deep breathing. I just, it just lets me stop just even just for those few brief minutes. And I think it's something like eight deep breaths, which can switch you from your um, sympathetic to your parasympathetic nervous system. So I kind of have that number in my head when I'm, when I'm practicing that. And then I'd say my evening routine as well. I really like to step outside in an evening. So um, we're very lucky we live um, near the beach um, and when it's kind of a new one for me actually when my daughter was born I kind of got used to being indoors a lot after six because you know you've got to get them to bed and then bedtime routine is done and then you end up being inside so now once she's in bed um I step outside the back and just take a few deep breaths watch the sky for a little bit just you know get used to that evening um, lights because lights are important to, to our health as well and missing out on that sort of change in light and change in environment can kind of affect your sleep as well so yeah they're my main ones that's great 
They sound like very like ours, actually. Yeah. <laughs> really good. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Good things. Thank you so much for that. And uh, yeah, thank you um, for sharing all of your own bits and your expertise. And, and thanks a million to Ancient Arabia's brand as well for um, for helping to put this together and linking us up. And so we better announce as well that we will have uh, Ancient and Brave Collagen, including their Radiant Vegan Collagen on special offer in our store uh, on September when we, um, we'll be launching this podcast just before that. Uh, so check out, look, look out for that. Um, also just to say a brief thanks to our sponsor as well, uh, Clear Light Saunas. Um, we are also big believers in light therapy and infrared obviously is such a healing thing. It's been, it's my biggest life-changing investment to get a Clear Light Sauna. And that's why we went to work for them when we got them. So we want to be ambassadors for you because we talk about you all the time and uh and they're amazing they're emf free and they're like you know really really powerful sauna there's like a, uh, a chromotherapy device inside as well you can do all sorts of amazing things you can do yoga inside your sauna all sorts of beautiful things so uh if you want to get a clear light sauna if you're ready to think about investing in it come and contact us dm us or find us wandering wandering wellness at gmail.com or the wandering wellness project.com also another way you can help to support us is by purchasing some of our beautiful merch our new merch our organic t-shirts hoodies jumpers, sweatshirts, and vest tops. And uh, yeah, that's another way that we're, we're trying to keep the ship afloat because obviously all of this thing takes all of the energy and we all need it to, to provide some source of, of income as we go. And we thank everybody for liking, subscribing, commenting, and, and engaging with us because we're only doing this obviously because there's an audience to speak to and because people we believe need to hear this sort of message. So thank you so much, Joe, for sharing with us. Yeah, that's very well to see you. Um, okay, so we'll see you again soon for another episode. Mm -hmm. And yeah, check us out. Check our website out. Finn was saying it there www.thewanderingintowellnessproject.com because it has all of our information about how you guys can work with us as well one-to-one -one. you can see all the back catalog of all our podcasts mm. and all the upcoming news and events and that kind of stuff as well so do check it out because we're really proud of it only just launched yeah <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't <laughs> lost its shine no no we're really excited <laughs> yeah. um okay thank you so much for watching and we'll see you again soon bye, bye.